The big question is this, how do we use the seven step blueprint to help you or people you influence become more physically healthy than 98% of the people you know and in your community? That's what today's episode is all about. Let's get stuck into it straight away. Today's episode of the new science of physical health. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 67 of The Daily Drop. You know, the thing that I've noticed throughout the years is that we've seen a since around about 2010, 2011, and I've been involved in teaching literally thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of students over the past decade. In fact, my entire career, it's in the many, many more than that. But over the past decade, the I think I've noticed is this continual ramping up of technology over the years that comes into our lives. So for example, the iPhone was first came to us in 2007. A year later, Samsung invented the Android smartphone, copied a lot of things off the iPhone. So that was the original one. And then all the social media companies started to really kick in the gear. Facebook got kicked off in 2008. I think um, something like uh, Instagram was one of those ones was about... Uh, 2011 and then we had the apple watch in 2015 back just a bit before that we had the fitbit which was very rudimentary when it started it didn't have any heart rate it wasn't a smart watch um, but that started back in about 2009 2010 i started seeing lots and lots of different um individuals in the thousands of people i taught starting to wear that like a good a good percentage and a good number and then we saw the we've seen the explosion in um, across the world. If you know, if you type into Google things about personal training, fitness coaching, all different types of things, which purport, propose, supposed to you to to me to get us to become physically healthy. What is the combined upshot? Of all of the F, let's just say from the time that Google took off. So, well, not Google, the internet. So, Google was about, from my memory, about two, year 2000 in Australia, might be before in the country that you live in. It could be slightly after that time, but around the year 2000. I know the internet, I was working at a school uh, in Sydney, Australia back in 1996. And I didn't have a family then. I remember sitting in the school library with the one computer that was connected to the internet and started to delve into what the internet was all about. And so Google then exploded and it gave us this access to, to information. Here's my proposal in this particular episode. When I say proposal, my supposition, the, the, the concept that I want to get across to you. Um, as I'm sitting here recording, can you believe it? There's an ad for an Apple Watch on the television. Okay. Cause I've got that playing in the background with the sound down. And there's this ad for an Apple Watch. This girl's lying in the grass. There's a, some shot of a llama and her next to him, some mountains her doing some judo, there's some of the uh, fitness rings that are on the Apple Watch, it's in the background, um, and it's called, the, top, the, the the hawk was called Health on Your Wrist. So here's, I can't believe that ad was on just now as I was putting this episode together. Here is the supposition that I have, the argument that I want to put forward in this particular episode, and the, I want to try and get this correct in my head so that, that it comes out correctly. All of these things combined, 
that I mentioned from back in the development of the internet when it started hitting Australia in 1996, whatever year it was in your country, when Google kicked off around 2000, 2004 was YouTube. The first video was a cat video, apparently. Um, Stephen Chen and Chad Hurley invented YouTube. Um, Zuckerberg with Facebook, you know, um, uh, Jack Dorsey with Twitter when that kicked off. I think that might have been around 2009, 2010 that that started. Then uh, when James Park in, I think, 2007 was it when he started um, the uh, Fitbit. And then in 2009, the first device was shipped and then it took off from there and it was sold to Google in uh, maybe last year for something like, I don't know, $4 billion or something like that. Then all these health apps took off like MyFitnessPal, um, Map My Run, Map My Walk, Map My Ride. Um, there's a whole bunch of different companies that Under Armour, they bought some of those apps for like, huh, like I think My Fitness Pal and Map My Run were bought for something like $400 million because they had all these eyeballs. So here's the supposition. Back to that. How much has that made an overall impact in getting people interested in their physical health and moving people from being not classified as physically healthy to becoming classified as physically healthy. How much does it move the ball? Now, I would argue the data, the data supports it hasn't moved the ball very much at all. Put all those things in the washing machine, close the door, turn it on, and let it go through the rinse cycle. And then put, open it back up. We have in most countries, so right now, listening to this show, we have listeners in 66 countries, and I checked yesterday, 763 cities across the world. In all of those locations, wherever you're listening to this episode from, whatever part of the world, I'm sitting here at my home in Sydney, Australia, wherever you are, approximately all of your countries, somewhere between 55% and 60% of all adults do zero to no physical activity, zero to no physical activity, that's the same thing, zero to little physical activity on a rolling seven days. What's the outcome of that? Those people are having negative health adaptations that will lead to a precursor um, condition that will definitely put them in the firing line for developing the leading cause of sickness and death, cardiovascular disease. By the way, if you haven't heard me before, that is way more than just a heart attack or a stroke. Cardiovascular disease extends way beyond that. So that's what happens with the, that portion of the, of the adults in our world, the bulk of them. And then I would suggest, and I know how this data is collected, there is actually, not suggest, I know from the data, here's what people don't know. They don't know... We'll ask you the question, as I say they don't know, how do you know when you're classified as physically healthy? How do you know that? Were you ever taught that? Is it like you said, like, you know, you may have heard of what a blood pressure number is. So a healthy blood pressure is 120 over 80. Doctors know that. Um, you know, all the exercise scientists know that. Anyone who's involved in cardiology knows that because blood, high blood pressure is dangerous and you're considered to be um, high when you're above 130 on 95 and you're over 140 on 100, you're in major dangerous territory and you need that, they need to do something with it straight away with medication because otherwise it will cause massive problems with your cardiovascular system. But ha- what number is it that let's tells you whether you're classified as physically healthy? People don't know. 
Then here's the really big thing that I that I really have developed within the frameworks of the new science of physical health, which we're going to get to in just a moment. And that is, how do you convert any physical activity that your body goes through on a daily basis into health adaptations, into lowering your risk? See, the great challenge, just talking to someone today, uh, it's like, if you, um, t- if you were to track your heart rate, which we now know, exercise physiologists around the world, a lot, of the, a lot of them I've interviewed, a lot of them, if you go through previous episodes to this one, you'll hear them speak about this. That heart rate is the true measure of what's hap- your body's response to physical activity. But how, if you looked at a heart rate graph that comes with a smartwatch, any, and all of them have, how do you know to convert that data into something meaningful in regards to health adaptations. So what I mean is, if your heart rate, and it says you averaged 165 beats per minute in the physical activity session you did, how do you know what that means to health adaptations? You don't. You you simply don't know that. Then how do you know what you did four days ago? And if you could look at a graph from four days ago, how do you combine four days ago with three days ago with two days ago with today? How do you combine those four days together and then come up with something out of those four days, that historical record that then tells you this is how much impact it's had in changing either your body physiologically, improving it, or making molecular improvements? We call those health adaptations. There are so many questions that in our, the reason I put the new science of physical health together is, and I want to have interviewed doctors from all around the world and continuing to do so, I put it together is there are so many things that are left without answers when it comes to the idea of being classified physically healthy. So what I thought I'd just do to finish off this episode is put together, I have a diagram in front of me that's in all of my materials, all the courses that we have, the book that I have, all the video content, the free web classes that we have, which you can click on the links in the show notes to get access to. I put together a diagram that I call the frameworks sequence. So if you've listened to previous episodes, you'll know that I have put together a num invented through all of the work I have done in the past decade of consulting with, interviewing with, reading medical research of PhDs from around the world in various different countries. So I took all of the stuff there, plus my real-world experience in having taught over 30,000 lessons in health and physical education, and I put together eight different frameworks. And overall, I've called this diagram the frameworks sequence. And all this diagram does is show the questions that I just went through, like how do you know when you're classified as physically healthy? How do you know what your um, biometric to track that, that will give you the most health adaptations? How do you know all these, get answers to all the questions that I've been talking about in this episode so far? The way that I have constructed this, like another one that's popped into my head. How do you know how to use a smartwatch to drive down your risk of the number one cause of sickness and death? How do you know how to use a smartwatch to drive down your risk 
of the number one cause of sickness and death. Do you even know what the number one cause of sickness and death is? Here's another question. I asked this question of someone today. How do you know? Sorry, I was going to ask. I proposed the wrong question. Here's the right one. Okay. Why does physical activity make you healthy? That's a great question. Why does physical activity make you healthy? I've proposed that question to lots of different people. But no one can, virtually no one I speak to, other than the exercise physiologist, the exercise scientist, some cardiologists, not many doctors, like medical, like general practitioners, can tell me the answer. Certainly people in my field, very few people can sit down and go, here's the reasons why. It's A, B, C, and D. Here are the molecular changes that happen inside the human body, life inside your body, and here are the physiological changes. If you get these molecular changes and these um, physiological changes, that will cause um, structural changes, what we call temporal changes, inside your blood vessels, inside your heart, inside your lungs, inside your muscles, inside your cells in addition to that, across a number of different areas, and those health adaptations lead to driving down your risk. Nobody knows the answer to these questions. So I put together one diagram which gives people the overview. I call it the framework sequence. The reason it's called that is there are eight frameworks on here. I'm not going through the frameworks in this episode. And in fact, in previous episodes, I go through all these frameworks. But I, what I do is across the course of one year, I teach people these frameworks across the course of an entire year. Putting these together causes more adherence towards becoming classified as physically healthy. Far more adherence. And we're about to launch a case study on that area, on that whole area of how much more adherent, probably within the next six months, we'll have some phenomenal data. Without these frameworks, and all I'm going to do is mention their titles today and maybe one or two little things about it. But Without these frameworks, you don't get anywhere near the adherence level. And within about six months, I'll produce a case study on this, showing the impact, the data, the numbers behind using these frameworks, which I'm very excited about, really excited about doing that. Okay, so here are the eight frameworks. What I do is teach these across the course of a year in sequential order. So here we go. The influencer framework. There's a major leading question in that particular diagram, but here's a summation. The leading cause of sickness and death has one leading contributor to it that is more important than all the others. So cardiovascular disease, what normally, what do you think contributes to it? Obesity, smoking, high blood cholesterol, so on, high blood pressure, so on and so on, high blood glucose. There's six different things. One of those things stands above everything else. It is the core principle of the new science of physical health because once you start using this biometric, it causes changes inside your body. So that's the first framework, changes that that drive down your risk that we can make quantifiable later on. The second framework that I use is three web classes. So across the bottom of this diagram, and the, the previous episodes very recently in the Daily Drop here on the New Science of Physical Health. It's called Health Hijack, Culture Shift, and Correct Dose. Each of those are standalone frameworks that I work together sequentially for someone. So it's the influencer framework first, 
then the three mini web classes, Health Hijack, Culture Shift, Correct Dose. Then the overall big picture one, the one where inside this, I've got 14 tools. It's called the Experts Health Blueprint. It's the one that's the, that forms the basis of my book. But then out of that is spin-off content that is a whole bunch of 14 different tools, also in sequential order, that allow people to become physically healthy. Then I go to the perfect health lesson is the next one. If I could give one lesson in one hour, what would I put into it that would help people to change their life and their physical health status forever? That's what the perfect health lesson is all about. That's the one lesson. Then the final two are the impact quadrant and the molecular benefit map. And those two are all about health adaptations the impact quadrant is the one that happens at the physiological level and the molecular benefit map is the one that happens at the molecular level inside the human body. So my whole position statement with the new science of physical health, and I have been thinking about deeply this about this for about a year now, but my whole position statement is this. Personal responsibility for your physical health is a myth. It does not work. Then the last part of the statement, these eight frameworks do. And that's what I'm saying. If I walk people from the influencer framework right through to the last one, which is the molecular benefit map, and I put them in sequential order, and the data is going to back this up within the next six months in the case study, we get an incredible increase compared to anything else I've ever seen in people who were not interested in their physical health status to becoming interested in their physical health status to the point where they actually become classified as physically healthy. But it takes those eight frameworks and I've got certain educational methods on how to draw people through that and how to bring them into this world of the new science of physical health. So that's how I do it with those eight different frameworks, which is also the links are in the show notes if you're interested in accessing some of the content particularly based around the book, the audio version of the book, the video version of the book, so on and so on. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for joining me at today's episode. I wanted to touch on this about how we answer these questions and how I have this overall diagram called the frameworks sequence, taking people through it in sequential order to arrive at a point where we get a much higher percentage of people who become classified as physically healthy. Without these eight frameworks, I don't know how to do it. That's it, everybody. I will see you at tomorrow. I won't see you. You'll hear me, and we can interact if you want to contact me through the links in the show notes. Thanks, everybody. Bye for now. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow's, see you at tomorrow's episode, even though I won't see you. Bye-bye.